Oh, do you want me to say? Oh, secret toilet. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the On The Runs podcast. We are currently in our holiday break. I am right now hanging out with Mickey Mouse at Disney World. Erica, what are you doing? Where do you think I am? Where am I usually? Same old, same old, my spare bedroom. All right. Well, hey, I hope you are uh, enjoying New Hampshire as it's cold right now. It is 85 degrees in Florida. And I am having a blast. I'm also tired and I've done a lot of walking. So my step count is up there. But mm-hmm. we got our first best of episode and we got some big ones here. Some of our originals, some of the ones that got us our start. So I think we need to start off with our girl, Sarah. Yes, her Philly story. You guys are going to re-enjoy this one. Her Philly story was awesome. She was a little not sure. She was not that sure she was going to put this she out. She was quite reluctant to uh, <laughs> divulge that story, but I am so glad she did. And when she did, she's like, you're like the third person I've ever told. And now everyone knows. And now she's so cool and comfortable <laughs> with it. And she tells everyone. She laughs about it. So it's fantastic. And this was kind of the start of us finding our identity of the Code Brown. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be a Code Brown, but it's your oh crap moment, those stories. So this best of episode is going to have some of those great stories. Yes. And we're going to start with Sarah. So enjoy the best of Sarah Halleck. We're talking big time here. Yeah, we're big time. <laughs> Someday. Our 50 listeners in the episode right now. We're big time. Oh, yeah. We're slowly growing and it's been fun. Um, all right. So can I get you to share the Philly story? Oh, gosh. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I could try to edit it out, but I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) She also doesn't have to say anything. (laughs) Just feel like you don't have to, Sarah. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, it's good. I feel like it's fine. (laughs) Um, So we're just going to hope for better at Boston. But essentially, Philly was a bad day. (laughs) Um, Philly. So Mike ran his first half that weekend, and it was my first full. Uh, we got down there and we drove down, I think on a Thursday and his race was on Saturday and he had the most beautiful, clear blue skies. It was cold, but it was, it was just beautiful out. It was perfect. Like I'm running a half marathon weather, you know? Um, and then my race was on Sunday and it rained, it snowed, it hailed, it sleeted. Oh, it, no. it was a precipitation that could fall from the sky it did and it was november so it was miserable then right (laughs) total miserable (laughs) miserable cold weather um and (laughs) so about 11 miles in i started to say to myself i already wasn't feeling it i was already sort of like this is just not my day um, but around 11 miles in, I said, this is, what did you call it before? I think you called this, um, Code a, a river is flowing. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> the river flowed. <laughs> um, so 
you know, at one point I started to say, you know what, I could really probably find a porta potty. Um, yeah. All right. I think the next one's coming up. So it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I don't really even have to go that bad. Let's just be safe. You know, let's be safe. So I got there and the line is long and, um, it is downpouring and I'm in this line and some people are even jumping ship on the line and they're going and finding the nearest tree. And I'm like, Nope, not, I'm not ready for that. I I got this. And so I waited and I waited and I waited and I finally got to my turn and I went in and now at this point and for no other reason than the fact that it's downpouring and I have running leggings on, I have a hard time getting my pants down because they are soaking oh, wet. No, <laughs> and I am in a porta potty, and I am very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so I finally was successful, except I kind of maybe missed the porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might cry right now. Oh, <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> Um, and so let's just say I then was mad that the rain caused my pants to be wet and for me to have such an issue, but then also glad that it was raining so hard because it masked the issue. There you go. (laughs) That's a bright side. (laughs) I still didn't really want to leave the porta potty, but I knew there was still a line of about 30 people that were waiting for this one. So I said, I guess. I guess I just gotta go. I guess I just gotta exit this thing right now and hope for the best. <laughs> um, and so I, I carried on. And at one point, I was texting Mike, and I was like, "This is not my day." And of course, he tells me, "You're doing great. I'm so proud of you." And I said, "No, <laughs> no, you're not. You don't know the half of it at this point." So my my thought process at this point was. Because I don't know if you know anything about the Philly course, but it's the the first half of the Philly course is a loop. Oh, I didn't know that, no. (laughs) So you start, like, near, what, the the rocky steps, right? And so you get back, you know, about about roughly 13.1 in, and you're back at the start, and then it does an out and back Mm. um, into Maniunk, I think. And so anyway, my thought process around mile 12, which by the way, if you look at my race pictures, which I purposely have not purchased, <laughs> um, I am a miserable jerk. <laughs> like, I think I, you deserve that because, well, I, you, you I earned it. <laughs> you can I be as angry as you want. Photog- <laughs> yeah. That photographer got some looks. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, um, I get back to, I'm, I'm roughly at around mile 12 and I send him another text message and I'm like, no, seriously, this is not good. I, I, I go into no further explanation. I said to myself in my head, I'm going to just get back to the halfway point because I know that that's the start and I will call him and I will say this day wasn't meant to be. It's, it's time to go. Like, let's just go. I'll try again another time, another race, blah, blah, blah. And I get back to that start. And as I'm just about to pull my phone out of my pocket to call him, who do I see standing on the other side of the fencing? But he's standing there like, yay, I'm so happy for you. You're doing great. And I just, again, just started to cry. And he said, no, 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 it's fine. And I said, no, 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 I'm done. Let's find a shuttle. And he said, absolutely not. You've trained too hard. You've worked too hard. You've been too excited. We drove down here. You get back out there and you go out and you run another 13 miles. And I'm pretty sure I gave him a hug 
and ran away saying, okay. (laughs) I like Um, this Mike guy. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's the kind of support you need. Hey, this story had a great ending. That's perfect. Yeah. Congratulations on that. (laughs) That was your first, right? That was your first marathon. That was my first marathon. That is so much to overcome. Like once you are mentally beaten down by weather and incidents and (laughs) whatnot, it's so hard to come back from it, but you did and you crushed it. That is awesome. I promise you one thing. The weather will be better at Boston. It might not. Let's knock on. I'm knocking on wood for you. I hope it it's got to be. Years ago, it poured in Boston. Yeah, I know. Erica ran it. That was my year. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. So it, it can't be anywhere. That's fine. I that's okay because I've, I've I've experienced that and I'm I'm open to it now. I'm just going to go into it with an open mind. What, what do they What like, do they say? Embrace the suck. Embrace the <laughs> that's suck. Right. That's right. So I just I just want to you know, go into it with an open mind and try for a better time result. Yes. <laughs> we will see. I love listening to that story. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> that was so great. It was like, it was like just the, I was doing a fist pump after I'm like, yes, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And I was more happy. She didn't ask me to edit out because at the time I was just learning how to edit and I was like, this is going to be, this is going to stress me out if she's like, please take mm-hmm. that out. So thank you, Sarah, for giving us that story and letting us keep it in the podcast. That was awesome. Our next yes. best of was a biggie. We had on Addie Zarenner. And she had one of the most public Code Browns that you can imagine. This so thing- I'm so happy that she came on to talk to us about it and... Oh boy, it's a doozy. This thing went viral back in December Mm. of last year. And that's how we found out about her. Right. And we asked her then, hey, we're a brand new podcast. We're learning and figuring this out. When we are ready, can we have you on? And she goes, yes, I would be honored. I'm like, we're nobody. You know, we got like 33 followers on Instagram, but we'll be something one day. What an amazing interview that was. And her story about the. California International Marathon in the mushroom pasta, forever going to be a classic on the runs. Oh, yes. So please enjoy Addie's mushroom pasta incident. I'm actually not a fan after CIM of net downhill courses. My bot, no, like I, my IT bands were just shot. So I'm definitely um, a rolling hill slash just flat kind of runner like i said you would love new hampshire (laughs) we got enough hills to go around so that leads us into another marathon you ran that that's that's how we found you that's why we we brought you on and we want to hear about your cim marathon last december and a little mushroom pasta got in the way of it really did not get in the way actually of a good time and a good (laughs) run tell us about that well i i appreciate that i after the race, I was able to soak in that, you know, that is still like a really good time because I was training for and on pace to run like a 235, 236. Uh, the USATF two days prior had announced that the new Olympic trials qualifying time was going to be 237 flat. Now, even if I would have run under 237 flat on that day, it wouldn't have counted because the window hadn't opened up. But, um, I just still really wanted to do that. And so, like I said, yeah, I was, I was on 
pace. I was just feeling very smooth and at around, yeah, mile seven just really felt like I needed to poop. And I knew that if I had stopped in a porta potty, I, even if I ran, so my, my PR, um, is a two thirty seven forty seven, And I knew that even if I'd run like a two thirty seven low, I'd still be, you know, a two thirty seven marathoner. So I was like, I'm not wasting ten like any time. And a lot of the day I blame on my family just because in my family, everyone's wild. Like I have several other cousins that run and they're always talking about poop. And so like it really wasn't even like a thought. I was just like, no, I, I I'm going to go while running. Like I've heard my cousin Jamie talk about this and <laughs> Happy I did the first time because I had to go about two more times and then kind of was feeling still great. You know, people were like giving me the weirdest looks. I remember some people pointing saying, oh, no, she fell. And I'm like looking around like, where would have I fallen in this? (laughs) Like, no. And so, yeah, up until about mile 20, I felt great. And then at mile 20, I just I don't think I was getting in enough calories and just kind of really hit the wall for the first time, had like the true, true marathon experience. I wasn't embarrassed the whole marathon. And then when I finished, it was like, I I was mortified. (laughs) Oh no. We, we actually, we saw those pictures and, um, somebody was like, Oh, I couldn't even tell. It looked like KT tape. And we're like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I would have played it off the same way. (laughs) The way it wrapped around one of my legs, a lot of people said it looked like KT tape, but if you were within, you know, 10 feet of me, uh, (laughs) the smell was just not, not good. Oh, no. So let's go back to the first uh, Code Brown. You said you're really happy you did because you had to go two more times. So when that happened, I'm imagining because you're just on pace for that great run, you're just like, you you felt great, and then you just were going to keep going? Or like when it did your, your, you know, stomach start to like grind up again and then you felt bad? How'd how'd that go in between the Code Browns? Yeah. A lot of people have asked me like, oh, so like, yeah, your stomach must've been hurting. It never hurt. I just like, if it were a great training run and I just like peeled off in a bush, got back, like got my rhythm, which I do in a lot of my long run workouts. Um, just like us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It wouldn't have been like an issue whatsoever. My stomach really didn't hurt. It was just like, wow, I ate a lot last night, which I knew I did. And I've learned a lot. I do love vegetables, but I'm really going to limit them uh, pre-race now. Yeah, there was mushrooms and a maybe a bowl of broccoli. So just so many things that I would do differently in the future, but I wouldn't do it. If I could go back, I wouldn't do anything differently. Well, my advice, if you have heard a previous episode, would be eat a whole pizza and drink a six-pack of beers and then <laughs> randomly just decide to go do the Lake Placid Half Marathon the next day in PR. Okay. That's that. That's what I did. <laughs> so, what do you usually like to eat before your your races? Like, what what, yeah, what does work for you? I am still trying to learn. Um, this was I call it my second official marathon. It was like my third. I don't really count the Olympic trials because I was super injured going into it. Got healthy right before, and I just it was a twenty six mile fun run. Mm-hmm. So I have been doing. Like what worked for me the night before grandma's marathon was just pasta, bread, and lots of it. Uh, <laughs> but I, 
try to really increase my carbohydrate intake the whole week leading up to a marathon. And I think a mistake a lot of runners and myself I'm learning is just, you know, you, I hate feeling hungry while running. It's just, oh, I don't, I don't like it. And so I, (laughs) yeah, I think the night before a big race, especially a marathon, I just tend to eat maybe a little too much. So just going to go for the bland stuff next time. It's a good tip. We had talked about it once on one of our episodes. I just did like a, a trail marathon, like a virtual, it was the virtual Boston. And oh, wow. I went out by myself. I had Chipotle the night before. And usually I will bring like my own wet wipes and stuff because we were on a rail trail. Well, we, I say me, we were on a rail trail and I just, I was like, I need to go. I'm 11 miles from my car. This is not going to be good. Didn't have any wet wipes. I had to go like knock on business doors, like trying to find somebody to let me use their bathroom. I'm like, please, just please feel pity for me so I can make it home. And <laughs> yeah, it Chipotle is not the way to go. So neither is broccoli and mushrooms. So most of the Ugh. Code Browns we've experienced is like, we're, mm-hmm. we're not running a 237 marathon. No, no, no. I did like a five-hour marathon. And, and we're like looking for, okay, where's no. the porta potty So we ask ourselves, like, could we do that? The answer is yes. Would we do that? I mean, unless we're on pace to qualify for the Olympic trials. The I don't know. That's the only way I think I would be able to do that. So we're like, we're like, this is amazing what she did, you know, because you were doing sub six minutes there on pace to PR. And then I just feel bad for hitting that wall, which you said is the first time you hit a wall. You know, after my first marathon, I, one of my teammates who is quite a bit older than me, he said, you know, you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Like no one has an ideal first marathon. And so I was actually really happy to get so much of a pun intended shit show out of the way at CIM. (laughs) Um, Cause I'm like, okay, now I feel like I'm a true marathoner. That's awesome. Back to CIM, you cross the finish line. And then what happens? I know someone, a friend of yours helped you out. Tell us about that. You went into like a hotel or restaurant bathroom, had to take care of stuff. You said it like before, everything smelled awful. Yes. So I crossed the finish line. And like I said earlier, I wasn't embarrassed, you know, the whole two hours, 40, whatever minutes. And then I cross the finish line and it's just two volunteers. And one literally looks at me and goes, what do we do? And then I feel (laughs) so bad about myself and I'm smelling myself. And one, the other volunteer has a bottle of water. He's like, I don't know. Do we pour it on her? And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm disgusted with myself, the smell and everything. I don't want anyone touching me. And so They had all these, like, they weren't the classic marathoning, like, blankets that you wrap around. They were, like, these jackets made out of kind of like what reusable bags are made out of, if that makes sense. Oh, yep. Yeah, and so I just, like, wrapped, I think, like, 10 of them around me. And then all of a sudden, um, one of my teammates' wife's, who's an ultra runner, came out of nowhere. And I was like, Melissa, please don't touch me. And she was like, I got this. We're, we're cleaning you up. Let's go. And so they were holding a post-race um, like brunch of sorts at this like nice little super, super nice, like almost country club right at the finish line. It's called the Sutter Club. And so she gets me into the bathroom and it's like a marble, you know, floor bathroom. And she has toilet paper up her nose. She puts it up mine <laughs> and she's like, off. I'm like, 
Melissa, I need to go back to my hotel room. I, because other, other girls were coming out and they were just like, they were gagging and I was just gagging. And so she really wanted to get my shoes off my feet. And I was wearing the alpha flies, which, you know, are a 200 something dollar shoe. Mm -hmm. Every part of me wanted to try to save them, but it, (laughs) no, there was like, so she takes these shoes off my feet and we just throw them in the garbage Oh, my heart breaks for those. <laughs> Nike. Yes. Nike, I hope you heard that. I got to send it. Hook her up, Nike. Come on. <laughs> um, so now I am, so now she, Melissa's helping me get back to the Sheraton Hotel. Um, I don't have any shoes on and I have all these like, you know, finisher jackets wrapped around me. And so I get about halfway there and then I'm like, Melissa, I need to take my shorts off, which were also Nike. So Nike, if you're listening. (laughs) And so I, I take the shorts off, throw those in a trash can. So now I am pantsless, shoeless walking around in downtown Sacramento. And I get to the Sheraton, which is probably the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in. And I get up to my room and later Melissa tells me that like the front desk worker just kind of looked at me and shook his head and she just gave him a look like, D- do not approach her. So yeah, you know, that, that was my, like, that was the only disappointment of the day because like the post-race marathon celebration, regardless if you had a bad race or a good race, is like one of the fun, it's the only race for me that I don't have to then go cool down after, you know, I can mm-hmm. just be with my family and my friends. And so there was no partaking in that, which kind of stunk. Were um, they there? Was your brother there or your mom? And My mom was, um, which was a really big, and, and she told me the night before, you know, because she, so she's, she ran one marathon and she, I, I love my mother. She, she thinks she's a very serious or was a very serious athlete, but she wasn't, I'm just going to say it. So <laughs> she, she, hi mom. Yeah. She was saying, you know, the night before, I don't know how to get around this race. So I'm just going to be at the finish line. So really, really big part of why I wanted to finish as well was because I really did want to see my mom. That's an, <laughs> I feel for you so bad. I mean, I just, I got to give you so much props for everything. Just making it through that race. Incredible time. At least I think it's incredible. I, you should be proud of yourself and I still think you walked away looking like a superstar. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I read this quote, and you mentioned earlier you're, you had an eating disorder back in uh, high school, I think. And you said, I'm finally at the point in my life where I, um, I'm finally at the point in my life where the only thing I care about what people think of me is internally. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think that's partly why, you know, you were able to keep going during that race and everything in your mind before the finish line how you're able to like power through and just crush that race. Yeah. Well, this race was, I think probably the first race in years that was purely for myself earlier last year, I had gotten a tibial stress fracture and it was my second bone injury. And it was a really huge wake up call that I was still undernourishing. And so I got healthy, but I knew, you know, I, I had really, really started to nourish more appropriately. And so as a byproduct, my body changed. And so I, many times um, when I was training, just felt embarrassed in my body. And then I just got to a point halfway through 
the CIM cycle where I was just like, I'm, I'm so proud of my body. I really do not care what people think other than, you know, about it being internally. So yeah, I, I remember just kind of having that, that thought as well. And, and it all kind of coming into fruition, the whole 2021 and just being like, I'm, I'm finishing this. Nice. Well, we're proud of you for that. You so did proud. awesome. Thank you. Well, and I, I just want to say one more thing. So the post, so after I, I did an interview with, oh, this is another great story. Yay. So, we love stories. <laughs> I guess Insider is like a really big news source. I was contacted from this reporter and she said I'm from Insider and I do um, I do some kind of like brand ambassadors with this brand ambassadorship with this company called Inside Tracker, which is for your blood. It's for athletes' blood and it tests, you know, over like 30 bu- blood biomarkers. And so when it came out on the insider.com, one of my family friends reached out and they were like, Addy, this is huge. And I was like, oh, do you use Inside Tracker? Like I had no idea that, you know, the insider was a really big thing. But after that article came out, the attention and some of the negative comments and whatnot were way harder to deal with than any moments in that race. So gave me a whole new level of sympathy for, you know, really, really pro athletes and and people in the spotlight. Absolutely. I can imagine that too. Like Mm -hmm. I've never, neither of us, you know, are at that level, but <laughs> I couldn't imagine what it's like for someone like you who has just this national story come out and, and you got people like us, you know, writing to you saying, this is amazing. You know, we're so proud of you. You know, it started off with, can we share uh, your photos? Because we felt like we couldn't steal those. Mm-mm. And, and then, yeah, I, I guess I could see there's just a lot of, we'll call them haters out there or, or people who just have to, you know, keyboard warriors mm-hmm. is another yeah. term. And if they were like, you know, face to face with you, like we are right now, virtually, I wish we were in California, it's nice <laughs> and warm there. I don't know if they would really say that, but because they have a keyboard, and they can just write anything on Twitter or Instagram, I mean, they go off and I, I got to imagine that's not easy. Yeah, it, it's not easy. But it, I just turned off all my notifications. And then kind of a few weeks later was able to sit down with my brother at Christmas and, and laugh at them. Because like I said, I really don't care what people think and kind of a big point you just brought up, like, would they like say it to my face? Really? Probably not. So I'm glad um, you uh, answered our notification. (laughs) Yeah. I I answered the nice ones. (laughs) That was awesome. I was so pumped up when Addie came on the podcast. That was just a breakthrough moment in my mind for us. And that really, Mm -hmm. that really, that really got the ball rolling. So Addie, thank you. I always kind of say, the first 10 episodes of practice and figure it out. In episode 11, Addie's a renter. That's like 11 was our first. It was our first real we nailed one. It with, we nailed it with Addie. Yeah. So that was fantastic. We we were patient and waited until when I knew and you knew that we were ready to have someone like that on and that we didn't mm-hmm. screw it up or embarrass ourselves or anything like that. That was so awesome. So then someone comes to me who listened to that episode and says, you need to interview my friend, Megan. We had her on episode 14 and she has the nonprofit called the great ball movement. And I'm like the great ball movement. She sounds awesome. Is she a runner? Yes, she is. Mm -hmm. 
Her story was amazing. She started out a runner, but her diagnosis with ulcerative colitis kind of derailed that for many years. And it took her a while to get back into things. So this was one of her first. Well, this was a bike ride, actually. (laughs) Her first incident. That's right. The the best of the story is going to be of her bike ride that happened during that time frame, I believe, where she wasn't running. But then uh, mm-hmm. the great thing when you listen to the story, she's a runner again because, you know, she figured things out. She's in remission. <laughs> but this story about the bike ride, <laughs> this was great. We did not know what was coming. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> what a guy, what an amazing boyfriend that was because apparently mm-hmm. it was a pretty new relationship and you knew when this happened, he's a keeper. So exactly. So without further ado, here's Megan's. Code Brown. Like toilet paper and wipes and hand sanitizer and even like a spare pair of shorts Mm -hmm. and just be a little bit (laughs) more able to manage anything that would come up. But I did eventually get back to running, but I'll tell you my cycling story. Yes. Um, This is my code. This is my code Brown story. So I (laughs) signed up for this charity bike ride. It was called Get Your Guts in Gear. It was a really amazing event. It's no longer in existence, but the legacy definitely lives on. Um, So I'm doing a training ride and I had met my boyfriend at that point. We're still together and I'm doing a 40 mile training ride, which sounds like a lot maybe to runners. It's like, it's like a medium ride. Yeah. Um, You know more than I do. I'm big. I'm big into (laughs) cycling as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's following he's following me in his car, which is really great because I'm still not totally healthy at this point. And it's just nice to have that support. We're checking in every couple of miles. And he's got he's got water and he's got um, some energy things. And so we get to this point. He gives me a mango goo, mm-hmm. which I still remember. <laughs> and I was like, well, I haven't had this flavor before, so maybe I shouldn't. But I ate it anyway, of course. And immediately I'm like, I can already feel it. Like I can already feel this is not going to end well. So we're in racing Wisconsin and he takes off in his car and I'm pedaling along and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom right now. Like right now, as soon (laughs) as I can possibly get to the bathroom and I pull up on what is there's a McDonald's and there's a Kmart in racing Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and McDonald's usually has nice bathrooms, but I didn't want to leave my bike outside because, you Just know. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, well, maybe Kmart's going to be the better option at this point. And I'm, I don't know, calling, texting, whatever. I'm calling Andy and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening. And we had maybe only been dating for a couple of months at this point. <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he pulls up in his car. We put the bike in the car and I told him in so many words, I'm like, I had an accident. I didn't make it. I'm going to go inside. Just keep your phone on you. So I go inside the ladies room in Kmart and I start cleaning myself up um, and I call him from the ladies room and I'm, and I'm tell him, I'm like, you need to go buy, go buy me clean underwear, go buy me clean pants and walk them into the women's bathroom and like, I need that right now. And it was, <laughs> it was, thank God it was him. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not super shy, but that's kind of a big ask. Right. Um, and he did it and he was just so supportive. And 
Um, I remember like going out for Italian food after and just eating an entire loaf of bread and it was the most delicious bread. <laughs> uh, but it was, and he told me after he was like, well, I, you know, I tried to understand what this disease is like, but then seeing that and like seeing you go through that, like, I really got it. Like, this is a serious disease and a, and a big deal. And you, and you're, this is what you live with. And I was really grateful actually for the, the introspection that, that he, he understood a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a great story. He had no fear going into that women's bathroom at a Kmart. I love that. That's a, he's a keeper. I'll keep him for now. (laughs) Um, it's only been like over a decade. (laughs) Yes. I think you're stuck with him now. (laughs) We're stuck. That's uh, it's not a running story, but that's my, that's my cycling story. No, we love all code Brown. So that's perfect. It fits right in. I was just going to say, I'm a big cycler too. And we go on some of those rides. We do some sensory rides. And um, at some point it's like we're riding and then you see like in the distance, a porter body, you're like, I should probably uh, make a, we should just make a pit stop. We call that like a quick, like, okay, we'll stop there. That's our break. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, I don't know. When you're living with inflammatory bowel disease, this is just part of it, just nature of the beast. So like, I've had accidents as an adult, which is really, it's, it's so horrible at first. Like it's so mortifying to think to yourself, like I just did something that as two-year-olds were taught not to do. And nobody understands that I can't like just hold it. That's mm-hmm. not a thing. And, and in the beginning, like the first time you have an accident, you're like, you don't even want to tell anyone. And, and you don't, you don't even really want to like think about it. And then the more it happens, not like it, you want it to happen a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, it happens. And, and eventually you, you learn to just clean it up and um, just Move keep on. moving forward. And it's such a, it's just like such a good metaphor for life of shit happens and you, you clean it up and you don't let it stop you. Nothing, nothing, a shower and some laundry, uh, clean laundry could fix, right? <laughs> yep. Shower, laundry. Mm-hmm. When you were going through this, did you develop like, so when we go running for a long run, anything longer than an hour, we'll pack like uh, wet wipes or something. We'll be prepared. Did you ever, did you have to always be prepared every day, have something, have like clean laundry to go with you wherever you went? Yeah. When I was going through a lot of symptoms and which, which my symptoms were active for six years, basically, I usually would have clean underwear, hand sanitizer, wipes, the whole thing with me in my purse, in my car, at my desk at work, um, just kind of always have a backup. Mm-hmm. But there are also times where we didn't have a backup and I just would run into Target, buy clean underwear, change in the bathroom and be on my way. That was awesome. Again, thank you, Megan Starshack, for being a part of our journey here. So our last one for this episode, for this best of episode is going to be Michaela Shremshock, the ultra runner from West Virginia, my one of my coworkers for many years and an absolute beast of a runner. She had multiple code browns, and we're going to share with you one of our favorite ones. You remember when she ran that race, and didn't she want a brand new treadmill? And that race paid some money? Prize money, man. The things you would do for prize money. Things you would do for some prize money. So we had Michaela on ground episode 24, where she told us the story about breaking tape. 
I just know about Netflix from what people tell me is on there. <laughs> what do you watch on TV? Do you do? <laughs> she doesn't have time for that. She too. This is why I don't have Norma Tech boots, right? You can't have Norma Tech boots. How about uh, number two? This one I I know of a little. It's definitely number two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is this is the this is the funniest personal ultra running story that I have. So I saved it for last. Um, so one of my goals, and this is this is a good thing about goal setting at work. We've been working on our smart goals a lot. Um, and obviously, I was not very specific whenever I set this goal. But one of my goals was to break tape at a race, like to be the first person, but also it to be a big enough race that they like have a banner up and you get to run through it and stuff. And so that had always been kind of the dream of mine because some races you just win and they just hand you a little trophy and you go away. But there's this local half marathon we do. There's a a racetrack here um, called Summit Point. It's where like the CIA and stuff do their training courses and they have some car races and motorcycle races and stuff. But in the spring when they're getting the track ready, they also do a running race on the course. So it's kind of fun because there's lots of twists and turns and it's not flat because you do have to go like up and over a bridge too. But, you know, it's it's relatively simple and it's all very nice paved course. So it's good to try to set a PR at. This year, this was like my second or third time running it. And I also knew that they gave out pretty good prize money. So if you were the first place woman, you got $300. And then second, you got $150. And then third, I think you got like $50 or $75. Mm-hmm. Again, not like enough to break the bank, but I was trying to save up for a treadmill at this time. And I said that I would use all of the winnings from the year to buy what the best treadmill I could get with that amount of money. Nice. So I really, like, I had, my training had been really good all 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 spring and all winter. And it was a really great day. It was like freezing cold, maybe like 35 to 39 degrees, which, you know, for a hard effort, that's like ideal. I was feeling really good. It was around St. Patrick's Day. And so I had had, I usually make my own corned beef. Like, you know, I get the beef and I corn it for like three weeks ahead of time and stuff. And so I had had some great protein, lots of cabbage the night before. I was (laughs) ramped up and ready to go. So it's a two loop course. You do the first six and a half miles. Everything felt great. And there was a girl from my local running club. She was like very close to me at every time because there's so many twists and turns. You can always see where people are. But I was like still feeling strong through the first loop, like felt really good. She was like maybe a turn back from me. So, you know, at least a good couple hundred yards. She seemed like she was fading a little bit. I didn't know if she was playing mind games with me or not, but I was like, it's fine. If she attacks, I've got enough in the tank to just push my way through this. So we're maybe halfway through the second loop, maybe so three or four miles left to go. And the gurgles start again. Mm-hmm. And uh, clenching was not doing anything. <laughs> and there is a porta potty on the course. And I was like, if I stop for even a second, she's going to beat me. Right. And like, if it had been maybe a normal race, I might have made a different calculation, but this was $300, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 300 versus 150. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. And the shorts I had on were great shorts. You know, they had the liner uh, with lots of elastic and then they just started to gradually fill up over time. Oh no. (laughs) And you know, at first you're like, no, no, I think that's just a fart. Oh no, that's, I feel sloshing. Yeah. Oh no. My butt cheeks are wet too. Oh, oh, this is, (laughs) this is bad. So I, I ran like that with these, like my butt just getting gradually bigger as my shorts balloon <laughs> out with poop for three miles. I cross the finish line. I get to break tape. Note Congratulations. Yourself, your goals that you do not break tape with poop in your pants. <laughs> and I immediately started crying. Oh. Uh, 
at that moment, of course, like the dam breaks and like all the poop is just flooding down the backs of my legs. And the woman, I mean, this is like a local race too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a huge thing. Like, not that I know all these people, but they know me. They're like, <laughs> so um, I just kind of run away. I don't even think I grabbed my medal or anything. And they luckily had a bathroom with a shower in it. So I ran in there, but I didn't like bring clothes to change into because it was just a half marathon. I was just going right back home after this. So I'm in the shower trying to like rinse out all of my clothes, trying to get poop out of them so that I can put them back on and then go collect my check that I literally just embarrassed myself over. (laughs) So yeah, and it was it was pretty much all the cabbage from the night before. So note to self, do not eat cabbage the night before. I will keep that in mind. Um, Yeah, I I got some very weird looks from a lot of people that day. (laughs) Was it worth it? I, I don't know. I don't know if my pride is worth that extra 150 bucks. <laughs> I didn't have much pride to begin with, so maybe it was okay. But you got to break tape, so I think that's, it's worth it. That's awesome. I did, yes. That, that was, And I don't remember it at all because I've just like blocked out that traumatic moment. From my <laughs> well, thank you for reliving it for our podcast. <laughs> as traumatic as that is. Aww. Yeah, it was pretty entertaining afterwards. And even at the time, I was like, Tomorrow you will laugh about this, but today you can just cry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's fair. And you'll continue to laugh every day after. Yes. And anytime somebody tells me they have a horror poo story, I'm just like, oh, no, I got you beat. Don't you worry. (laughs) All right. We hope you enjoyed our first best of episode. That was pretty fun. But I got to get back to Mickey Mouse because it is warm down here in Florida. Like I said earlier, about 85 degrees. I hope everyone back at home is staying warm. I don't think it's that warm up there. Nope, nope. It's kind of dreary up this way. Listen, I want some snow when I'm back. I want snow. I told Adeline we're going skiing when we get back. So she's excited for skiing. I'm going to be skiing with Karen and some other cool people. Ragged Mountain's where it's at. And the company that owns Ragged Mountain just bought J Peak. J Peak is the best skiing in the East. And I get four complimentary tickets to J Peak with my Ragged Pass. So bring the snow. Get that lake effect snow coming in from Buffalo and everywhere in Lake Champlain. Dump the snow on us, okay? I want to go skiing. <laughs> But I got another few more days here at Disney World. So I'm going to hang out with Mickey and Donald and Goofy and my favorite, Pluto. Real quick, who's your favorite Disney character? Dopey, of course. Dopey? Oh, the Dopey Challenge. Okay, uh-huh. cool. Cool. Actually, it's Ariel. <laughs> Ariel. The Little Mermaid. I grew up on her. This was fun. So we'll have one more of these best ofs before we're back. But again, everyone, have a great holiday season. And stay warm up there. Don't forget to stretch. This is crew support. I can't. Just oh, that's so gross and wet. It is not. <laughs> Do not zoom in on the toes. <laughs>